Welcome to the Musical Movie Marathon with your hosts, Andrew and David. I'm David. I'm Andrew. Hi. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we've just finished watching Showboat. And Woo. what do you think, Dad? Awesome. Well done. Yay. Yeah, so there are several versions of this show. The one that probably the most common DVD you'll find is the 1951, which is the one that we've just watched, which has some changes to the original. But... We decided to watch Showboat first in our um, private collection, as opposed to our Disney Plus collection, which we've been going through, um, because it is the earliest musical mm. uh, that was performed on stage in our collection. Um, and so even though The Wizard of Oz, 1939, uh, is the earliest film musical that we own, uh, Showboat is the earliest stage musical mm. that we own. It came out in 29 after a book, made after a book that was released in 28. Mm-hmm. So it's very old. Mm. And how do you think it holds up in the modern era, Dad? Yeah, I, I'd like to see this as a, as a movie without music, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think this, this could compete. The, the themes are very, mm. going to say modern, but actually they're timeless. Mm. <laughs> they just keep coming up. So we read in the bio of the show uh, that it was revolutionary for its time. And, of course, several writers have mentioned how it basically created the modern musical. Mm. Yeah. Um, so historically, while, while I don't know about that, I do love it. It's a mm. good musical. Yeah. I think that it holds up in modern day, not in the same way that you would sit down and watch La La Land or watch The Greatest Showman. It's it's nothing like a modern movie. It is definitely an aged movie, but because these themes are timeless, as you say, it does um, relate to now. Um, you do have to sit yourself down and, and tell yourself that you're going to watch an old movie when you come and watch it. I think that's true of every, almost every old movie is, mm. is that's true of. But the other thing is that the if you do like singing and dancing, which you presume you do when you watch a musical, mm-hmm. um, then this film does not disappoint, even though it is a very serious story. And they treat the songs... It's interesting, I think. Half the songs really progress the story mm. and half the songs are the style of light entertainment that was very common. Mm. Uh, that was the prevalent type of song and dance mm. to happen in a show uh, back in the 20s and 30s in terms of vaudeville and operettas and stuff like that. Mm. And so this is kind of the book was telling us, the Broadway musicals, musicals book, that this is half operetta, half... Hmm. vaudeville but Hmm. really a huge leap forward in storytelling through song which Hmm. we are still talking about today yeah yeah um yeah because one of the um histories that um we've read about this said how how yeah one of the directors of one of the (sighs) versions of it um was was uh, would not have anything in the show that did not a song in a show that did not progress the story well, not true of this 1951 movie. No, that is true of this 1951 movie. Okay. So, um, well, I don't think he succeeded. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and when I heard that, I thought, hang on, that's a, that's a very modern view of movie making, that if you're going to have a movie, the story has got to progress the, uh, the movie. And we've seen that with several of the modern movies that we've reviewed, such as Moana and so on. Mm. Mm. All right. So in... Oh, gosh, I thought we had so much to talk about, and now I can't think of what to th- say. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so let me rave. Um, <laughs> Thank you, please. 
Um, so I love this movie. I love the story. I've, I've seen it on stage uh, 40-ish years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and I don't think you can stage it today. I, I don't think people know it well enough. I don't think they'd come to see it. Mm. It's, it's an old story. Obviously, it's a period setting. But what I, one of the things I love about this story is, is the story. It's, it's epic mm. um, in the sense it's, it's got several, it's got layers and it's got depth and you've got lots of characters that you could explore quite happily. And again, to me, here, we, here we're coming out with a, <clears throat> a fairly powerful statement. I, this, this is the American Lamers. Oh yeah, you know, I, I, I like, I like that of statement. Musicals. I musicals. like that statement. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not as good of a musical as Lamers. Um, because the story, the, yeah. the songs aren't telling the story in the same way. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what makes you say that? Well, you've got the wealthy, you've got the poor, you've got so- a lot of social commentary, you've got people in trouble with, um, you've got characters whose lot doesn't improve, um, you've got nasty characters who come and go. While the movie might be sanitised, uh, the story isn't. Mm. I would love to see a miniseries, maybe a six-part or something, using these characters and using this, this story mm. and exploring those relationships and, um, and the plot a bit further. Um, the history that um, we've read before this podcast had lots of variations that, you know, different shows, live shows and different movies and have had of the story and I think some of those good things could be incorporated mm. Mm. I think the theme of this uh, story to me at least that came out to be slavery um, because each character has their own thing that they're addicted to or not not no not addicted to but they're enslaved by and so you have Julie who can't escape the fact that she's half African-American mm. you've got Joe who's because of his african-american-ness i guess he's mm. he's relegated to a role in society which is awful for mm. him mm. and so he's the guy who sings old man river mm. and and i'd never thought about that song being very powerful to me before it, it doesn't it really when i listen to it especially without the prologue before mm. the song mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any um impact but now seeing it and understanding that context mm. it is so much more powerful and then um Julie, sorry, uh, Magnolia. Whoa, whoa! Carry on, carry on. Hey, hey, I haven't, I haven't spoiled. <laughs> no, no, you haven't spoiled. It's, it's, it's just that's the first quarter of it. So, yeah, yeah. and each character, as you as you meet them, they're enslaved by a different thing, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And so, and it comments on love in that way, gambling mm. in that way, drunkenness in that mm. way, and so. Well, even. Even the entertainment lifestyle. Yes, that that's true. That's one of the songs. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Okay, you brought up Old Man River. Oh. I adore Old Man River. Of course, um, you know, being a baritone, I just love that <laughs> Um And of course, when I saw it um, live morning years ago, um, it was the, the you know the standout song of, of the show. And it still is the standout song of the show. But I don't think it fits. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it fits in the show. When you see it live, because the show is, as the history said, it's more social commentary. There's a lot more um, black uh, actors, singers, performers, and opportunities for them to perform in the live stage show than there was in the 1951 movie mm. that we've seen. Um, and so the song about the river, which is 
really an escapist song is far more appropriate yeah in, in the live stage show in this one we see a white couple being led away by a sheriff and we've got a black man singing about the river <laughs> um uh you know now obviously there's a bit more to it than that and i won't spoil it but there there are obviously links between those scenes and what's happening but it didn't really progress the story. Um, I I know what you mean, but I think that it's a valuable thematic contribution mm. to the story. Like I said, if you if mm. you are not if you're telling a story about slavery to, in in all of its various aspects in life, mm-hmm. you're it's not or uh, or oppression and and the various things in our lives that oppress us. Then it's not just uh, then a song in a show doesn't only have to progress the story; it, it has to comment on that theme some way. And this, in the same way, the Greatest Showman's tracks, almost all of them, are about being an outsider. There's something valuable about a person's reactions to an event in a musical, and I think that mm. that is one of the tropes of theatre that is always been present right from the beginning in in greek tragedies you've had this chorus constantly commenting on the action and so a song that comments on that reacts to an event is usually the way that you enter a song very rarely do you actually have a song in a show that begins at the start of a scene and by the end of that song, they've accomplished whatever that scene was about. Mm-hmm. That's very uncommon. And like, for example, uh, you might know the Greatest Showman's mm-hmm. song, "The Other Side," when he tries, when Hugh Jackman tries to convince Zac Efron to invest in his show. Mm-hmm. Right? That song uh, is how the action takes place. Mm-hmm. That is very rare in, in musicals. Right. That's because how does a song progress the plot of a show? How, how does it do that? And, and you commented before about how in Hercules, Meg's song, mm-hmm. I Can't Say I'm In Love, mm-hmm. progresses the plot. When I was saying most of the songs in that show don't actually progress mm-hmm. the plot, and I was saying they only give exposition. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I said that was because there was no action that took place during the singing, um, including in that song. But you made the point that there is a switch or a change a decision. in that character's mind mm. that has to take place. And I think that is the most common way that a story progresses the plot is by letting the audience see what's going on mm. in the character's mm. mind. And I think mm. that there are a lot of opportunities in this movie, in this mm. show, mm. that didn't capitalize on that, okay. you know? There are some songs which definitely do did that. Mm. Um, the Make Believe song at the very beginning. Oh, and, yeah, that was good. The reprise. And, um, but you're right, there are lots of other songs which <laughs> that they put in for pure entertainment. Yeah. Um, I love dance, but there were songs just for mm. not filler. They were they were appropriate, <laughs> but and but they were entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And and the movie put them in, and I. Um, I think the history said that some of those songs weren't actually in uh, the the musical in that way. They mm. were put in, in in a different way. Mm. And I think that that change is actually really interesting in comments on the use of film. So mm. this filmmaker who adapted this 
to screen, he changed the comic actor's mm. song from being a genuine song in mm. context mm-hmm. to being a number on a stage where they're playing characters. Mm. And he did that because he needed to keep the realism mm. of the movie. The story is mm. serious and the it's got to be grounded and he understood that. And so for the comic song, it wouldn't make any sense if that song was in real life. So he put it on the mm. stage and got the actors in the show within a, within the movie to perform it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and that's good. Um, I think one of the difficulties with the show is that it's not just about the two main characters. Um, it's actually about the community that um, is part of the show boat, the boat that travels up and down the river um, performing shows at, at various um, ports. So that the, the kinds of characters you've got could be endless. And we can think of, we've got friends, we've got family, we've got your, your racial, um, not necessarily slaves, but, um, but yeah, possibly slaves. You've, you've got different classes at least. Um, and then you've got all the different kinds of characters, gamblers and drunkards and, and, and so on. Sheriffs and <laughs> scoundrels. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's telling the, um, the story of a movable town. And I like that. Uh, I think both the, the stage show and the movie, get that's another one of those themes. Yes, there's the theme of oppression and yes, there's the theme of um, being enslaved to different things. But I think there's also the, the hope that is, is part of this movie and the show is this that um, we will get through this together. Mm. And, and I think that's very clear and, and the movie does it really nicely, it ties its ends, really, well, most of its ends really nicely. So in that way, it a, has some feel-good value to it mm. while still being quite realistic. Yeah, no, it doesn't give any uh, satisfying answer to the problems. Mm. That it that it raises, right. and I think that's appropriate. I like it. Um, no quick fixes. No quick fixes, but simple decisions that individuals can make, and characters that you decide to put your trust in. That's the story, basically. Um, yeah, and the characters. Right, okay, we've got these two main characters, but almost all the other characters support them in the ups and downs that they have, and I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, which is strange that there weren't as many songs from characters supporting the main characters. I don't know. Do can you think of a song from the parents or a song from the friends? Yeah. So I mean, uh, not necessarily. Uh, well, yeah, the parent. Well, the parents, of course. The, the grandfather had a a song and dance routine. Oh, uh, with the with granddaughter. Granddaughter, and of course the the friends with the dancer friends. They had songs as well. Yep. But they weren't necessarily songs of direct support mm. to the... They were, um, oh, yeah, sort of incidental if, um, or consequential mm. um, s- songs. So again, you know, not necessarily songs that progressed the plot, but songs that spoke of the lifestyle, songs that spoke of um, what we do as people who um, support each other, people of this theatre community, Mm. whether we're on a land or on a river. Yeah, and I think that you're right in saying that community is a big theme. That was really Mm. powerful Mm. Uh, to me, and it's very um, powerful in a lot of people's lives, especially theatre people, because Mm. as we know, when people do a show together, they become like a family. 
Um, and so you can just imagine if they're on a boat. Now, one interesting per- people I'd be interested in hearing their opinion of is, is people who've worked on cruise ships. Because mm-hmm. they, basic, they basically do this. There are showboats now. Yes. There are cruise ships which perform musicals on them. You know, crazy. It's amazing stuff. I've never been on one of them, but I'd be interested in hearing one of their comments about this show. Uh, yeah, some of the histories um, made the point that the 1951 film isn't very authentic to what a showboat actually was. Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it wasn't the most important point of the musical. The point to me of the musical was that people go through realistic problems um, and they survive them because of the community that, um, in this case, they were describing uh, the theatre community. They could have been describing uh, you know, a different industry or occupation or you know, location even. So I'm not worried about the authenticity of, mm. of the showboat and, um, and the way the movie was produced in that sense. Yeah, well, I don't know if I agree because it's all right for you and me to say because we know the reality of people's hardships. We've, we've seen mm-hmm. documentaries or whatever it is with news reports or, or other people. Yeah. people. We know people as well. And, and so the, since we, we have that um, more grounded understanding of it, it's okay that we watch a, a really a, a, a live-action cartoon <laughs> about this type of thing. So it's, it's sanitized. It's not a realistic portrayal of the suffering but it is a realistic portrayal of the human beings who go through that suffering so the even though the settings weren't authentic the costumes weren't authentic mm. the characters performances were yeah and i think that, that that's what this movie gets right but i i think that our movie should try to portray um oppression in its various forms realistically rather than um uh, and the other thing that this movie was, which I think is just a product of its time, mm. is it is so glamorous. Mm. Like when um, Julie was, Ava Gardner was singing about this, uh, can't help loving that man of mine. Mm. You know, this happened several times throughout the movie. I, there were times when I thought that the, the, the way that it was filmed wasn't appropriate for those songs mm. that it, that was that were being performed. The dance numbers were absolutely spot on, amazing, mm. perfect, mm. Um, directing that, but the uh, and cinematography and stuff, mise-en-scene, whatever. But the songs, they did the kind of Tom Hooper-esque thing of just having a picture of the person singing, mm. rather than having mm. shots of what the person is singing about. Mm. And they made that distinction on the Wikipedia page. We read about the differences between this and the original musical the dock singers Mm. sorry the dock workers the african-american people Mm -hmm. they they make up the chorus of Mm. the old man river and you actually see them singing Mm. well you just hear them in the background and you just all you see in this version is the the lead singer william someone Mm -hmm. singing the tune old man river and and you see the emotion and the performance on his face Mm -hmm. and that is valuable and it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It, it touches you, but you don't see the context mm. that he's singing about. That he's singing about. You know, mm. you you hear it in the words. You see the effect of that context in his performance, but you don't actually see that context mm. in the film. And that happened several times. Left can't help loving that man of mine. It was just super glamorous in her beautiful makeup and the mm. beautiful environment she was in. She was leaning against the pole and, and things like this. Mm. There are other other moments in the film like that as well when the glamour of the musical overlooked the um, setting. 
mm. I guess. And and so we come to a moot point. Should movie musicals try to be realistic to the story that they're portraying, or should they try to be entertaining? Well, no. Hey, come on. That's that's a <laughs> that that's unfair for this point that I'm making, is because entertainment isn't about whether how realistic your your setting is and how well you communicate the the meaning of the song right and i think they haven't communicated the meaning of the songs well because they're taking songs about difficult things and making them look beautiful i love having a musical number that stops the story dead in its tracks so that we can see some amazing dancing because i love dancing (laughs) right and so (laughs) muzzled off (laughs) um but the when i'm watching a song I don't care how beautiful I don't want the beauty of the picture to distract me from the song right yeah so no no I'm trying to reinforce your point there not not go against it right. is that um, I, I agree with you that uh, but quite frankly I love the costumes <laughs> yes. whoa way yes. cool for nothing else go see the film for the costumes it was just well you can watch other films oh, for beautiful great. costumes yeah too. yeah there, there are definitely beautiful costumes in this <laughs> 1951 movie oh wow swish um, and yes over the top but wonderfully over the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and so I mean that's that's the decision and, and I suppose Hugh Jackman and his team had to make it for um Greatest Showman. I mean, how much do we tr- concentrate on what we know people will like and what is entertaining? The the beautiful um, person doing, uh, you know, singing the song, um, camera effects, and um, you know, ways of pro- doing the song that are going to be really entertaining versus you know, gritty um, s- story communication and. And you're right, there doesn't have to be a dichotomy. You can do both. And I do agree with you on this one that partly that, yeah, they did, uh, the, the producers here did really milk it. Uh, milk what? The, they milked the beautiful actresses yep. and, and they put the, you know, the soft tone in the yep. movie. and <laughs> Technicolour at its best. <laughs> oh, and of course, <laughs> um, you have to forgive it's an old movie. Um, you know, the saturation comes and goes. Sometimes it's all red and sometimes it's all yellow, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's old. And to me, I mean, that's what I'm saying, but it's a moot point. Um, how much do you sell out to what you know is going to attract people? Mm. Because you do need people to watch the movie, you know, and how much do you, do you try and pro- portray the real grit? And that's why I think, that's one of the reasons I think it's, it's sort of an American lamers musical, because it, it's it's trying to do that. It's, it's trying to show, you know, social commentary. Even in this, what's been described as sanitized version, the 1951 movie, I think it still achieves the point. You mentioned before about um, the style and the entertainment value. And there are a couple of times I've mentioned this before that I don't mind a movie doing something that's super musical-esque when it suits the story and the themes, right? So, like, a musical about magic, for example, we were talking about The Greatest Showman, a musical about magic, it's fitting to use magical, impossible techniques 
in the communication of the story. So it ends up being a little bit surrealist, but that's fine because the story is about magic. And so this movie is about real life. That's the whole mm. point of mm. them writing this musical in the first place. Mm. It's the opposite of everything else that was on stage mm. during its day. Mm. It was all everything on stage during its day was all fake and it didn't mm. progress the songs didn't progress plot. It was more like um, it was flashy and show and fake, mm. right? Mm. And this was trying to be real and grounded. Mm. And so the other aspect of the super glamorous way of filming it and even the way that they glamorize the costumes and, mm. and the sets. The other aspect that that does is it adds a level of grandeur mm. to the emotion. Mm. And so I think that that's one of the techniques that they used. And I think just in a, very, in a modern mindset, we don't use that technique anymore. And I, th I think that there are movies which achieve the same level of grandeur, but movies that try to be stylish often don't work in today it, i don't know yeah glamour mm, i suppose um you know movies made about glamour these days you know james bondy sort of movie describing sort of the downsides of glamour as, as well i like the glamour in this movie i i think it's appropriate like the distinction between the wealthy and the not wealthy I think that can still be made today. You know, Slumdog Millionaire, all sorts of different similar films spring to mind. You know what movie springs to mind? What technique? Like Michael Bay. Oh wow, okay. And the great undershots, like he would he would put the camera underneath the actor mm. and have the actor looking up at the sky. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's that sense of oh right. so that's the <laughs> It's like using that technique for having a person looking up at their at their prison cell or something right. like that, right? Yeah. So the the thing is, your life is not glamorous, but the film director or cinematographer decides to frame it in a way that looks glamorous. I, I wonder if that's part of the point of the movie that you know, the, the first sorry the second song we hear is about make believe. Yeah, uh, and. And it's sort of saying that actually make-believe is an important part of the life of someone in the theatre, mm. whether the theatre's on a boat or not. Uh, and actually the song does make that point. And the extravagance, if you like, or the glamour and the way that the movie portrays, you know, some people's lives, um, it is sort of saying that, well, actually, it's pretty hollow. It, it is pretty make-believe and it doesn't always work out. Mm. Um, and in a way, you could interpret the production in terms of its glamour and the way it's, you know, shown these to actually reinforce that point. <laughs> he disagrees. <laughs> it's okay. It's taking some thinking. <laughs> but how, how does it? How does it? Uh, to me, it 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 um, enforces the point. Yeah. It, it no, it enforces the point that the show is is disagreeing with, so it becomes a hypocritical film. Well, I mean, it's it's saying that um, we can create a make believe life. But the, here's my point: is that this show is a make believe life. This no, this movie is a make believe version of real life. 
Yeah, yeah, and I suppose what I'm trying to say is, well, one one way that the show illustrates it, which I don't think will give much away, is they have the couple live in a swanky hotel. Yeah. And they can't sustain that lifestyle. Mm. And so they then um, let go of the make-believe lifestyle that they have and, you know, find a realistic lifestyle. Mm. And and they face a cold Monday morning after a hot Sunday night. Mm. Um, So... Yeah, in the same way, I think the producers of the movie have made the sets and the cosies so over-the-top beautiful and glamorous in a way to sort of make that contrast, to say this really isn't real life. It's part of theatre, and theatre is is swanky and glamorous, and we get to wear these glamorous costumes and, and, and sing these idealistic love songs and so on. But it's not real life but again i i didn't think I, we didn't i don't think we saw enough of the opposite right yes so i agree yeah okay mm. all right well there we are one thing that i was interested in talking about uh is the structure of this film mm-hmm. because there are a few numbers that were very similar to other numbers of uh, in in early musicals like this one so for example in Carousel, mm-hmm. the song "If I Loved You" is is the flirtation song that the couple sings when they meet, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've, again, in this mo- movie, they've got a very similar song that you mentioned, "Make Believe," and that seems to be a common thing. But yeah. they've also got an "I Want" song, which happens right before "Make Believe." The "I mm. Want" song is mm. the the man. What's his name? Gaylord. 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 Yes, they've got Gaylord singing um, this this I want song about trying to find his home. Right, he yeah. he goes on the river and he and he sings about and um, someone for him. Well, no, a, a port, right? So he he uses mm. the metaphor that he just loves rolling along, but mm. even a piece of driftwood will find a port one day, and so he's waiting for his port. Yeah, um, who is his partner that he's singing about? Okay, mm. okay, and then he then he meets her. And surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so you've got this the setup of I want, I meet, which is a bit like um, Little Mermaid. Mm. And yep. of course you've got the setting song at the beginning with the the, the mm-hmm. showboat yep. singers. Yep. Opening chorus number. Yep. yep. That's fine. So the the first act of a musical is always very strict and simple and and predictable, and that's nice. And I, what's strange is that that doesn't really get old. Well, interesting point that you're making. Because this is pretty much the first Western musical. Right, yeah. Are you saying this musical set the template (laughs) for other musicals to follow? (laughs) That you have an opening chorus number that describes the setting. That you have an I Want song as the next song. That you have the song that the the two love interests um, sing when they first meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Cinderella so follows this thing. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty follows this. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, 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 yeah, I think maybe it's just sensible storytelling, mm. you know? And so it's not necessarily that we're all copying Showboat. It's just it makes sense we're to do it this way. All, all, we're probably all copying Shakespeare, um, <laughs> you know, because the songs really are soliloquies. They're when the people can talk about their feelings and, mm. and their thoughts, but in song. Yeah, but again, the next point that I'm making is that it's very easy for me to look at a movie or any and to pick out these three moments. Oh great. But the rest of the show 
I have no idea about the structure. <laughs> you know, we've got to watch more movies. <laughs> I don't know if we've got to watch more movies, got to analyze them. But but again, it, it's you have just a normal story of a normal pre fifties musical. In a lot of ways, it reminded me of It's a Wonderful Life. It reminded me of other movies from this era. And it's just a normal story. And then every now and then you get a song, you know. And and then I'd love for the same thing to happen in modern day. You know, okay. you take a normal movie, uh, any, mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> Phantom Thread, sure. um, which is this awesome Daniel Day Lewis film, which my dad hasn't seen. And, mm-hmm. and and you just you put a song or you put six songs in that movie, and then it's a musical. It, it, it would work. <laughs> it, it totally would. But you don't have to change the, anything about the movie mm-hmm. in order for the songs in that movie to to just fit. Having said that. I like this movie because of its unpredictability. Yes. You know, and, and that's, I mean, you, at the time, obviously, there was no predictability. It was the first of its kind. But maybe we've, we've become so used to the formula mm. of musicals that we know what to expect. But seeing this, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you asked me, what do I know about it? And I said, well, you know, obviously, um, Old Man River. And I said, I, it is it is a tragedy. Oh, okay. And yes, it is. it's not just a tragedy, but there is a tragedy. And that is not... <laughs> the modern template doesn't necessarily follow all of this movie. Mm. And I'm really pleased about it. I like that too. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm saying that I like that because I am the stickler for film structure, right? <laughs> but... but I see a similarity between this movie and the movie of War and Peace with Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. that I've seen, and it's the only version I know, and, and also Gone with the Wind, and there are other stories as well which are made before the whole rise of screenwriting structure, mm-hmm. and Star Wars was, mm-hmm. a, was a major influence in that. It's just life. Mm. It's just characters doing their life in, in different events, you know? And so when they're telling the story, they don't care about, oh, be- making the beats of the story. That mm. doesn't matter to them. What they what matters is just communicating that these events are happening to these people mm. and that this is how they feel about it and this is what happened. It's, mm. it's much more like a puppet show, a play, a documentary, or a, it's mm. then a strict must-follow-this structure of beats kind of story and I'd be very interested in that but you know well that leads me to my um, question which you sort of inspired earlier um, which is do you think then that um, people are a little tired of the musical formula that that we currently have and would a movie musical like this actually get some traction in modern day audiences or is it not entertaining enough? I think that people today care about, people always care about theme. Mm. And people mm. today care about justice mm, yeah. uh, and oppression. And so mm. this movie being about oppression, not justice, but mm. people care about people, you mm. know? Mm. And these people are real characters. Mm. They feel like people that actually going through these things that yeah. that this is a realistic it's not mm. a hollywood story it's a realistic mm. story um mm. and so i think that you can totally make a movie that doesn't really fit in the the same exact rubric that every mm. movie in hollywood is, is made with 
you don't have to do it that way you can have a movie that just tells the story of people uh, going about their lives what uh, about the greatest shaman does that fit there because uh, it's there's, there's you know social commentary in there it's a real life person or historical figure yeah kind of it's not it doesn't clearly fit into three act structure you're mm, right mm. but but the other thing is that um when i'm watching a story i do want to see a general arc yeah. like yeah. I want to see the, the setup, the the middle, and the resolution. And mm. there was a time in this movie when I thought the movie had ended. You know, it was resolved. Yes. But then, <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's more. You know, um, what the comment has been made about this movie that there's no villain, but mm. I would maintain that there's actually no hero either. Or would you say that Magnolia mm. is the hero? Um, well, Magnolia's clearly the central character. Mm but we're introduced to her through a different hero. So the hero at the start, the I Want song, is mm-hmm. sung by the male character, Gaylord. Mm-hmm. But Magnolia really is the main mm. character. Because she endures? No, because she's the one we're rooting for. Yeah, you know? we are. We want it's her, her yep. to win. Mm. We want her desire to, to be fulfilled. Mm. Even though she doesn't sing the I Want song, she's the one with the strongest want. Yeah. I've got to say, it was lovely to see Agnes Moorhead <laughs> in, in the movie. She's a wonderful comic actress. For those of us of my era, you might remember Agnes Moorhead as the mother in Bewitched with Elizabeth Montgomery. And she plays, the again, this part very similarly. And wonderfully. Well done. What a cool movie to kick off our historic yeah. journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Musical Movie Marathon. If you'd like to hear the next episode about the direction of where we are going with this podcast that's the end of this conversation there and uh, so head over to that episode to listen to that but uh, in the meantime have a great rest of your day and uh, you will hear us in the next one good night